if you didn't like follow anyone Instagram, so you don't even have Instagram yeah. or like Snapchat or any kind of social media, do you think you'd still like want to even think about getting something like the BBR done? Wow, no one's actually ever asked me that question. Today, we're talking about a cosmetic surgical procedure, the BBL, or to give it its full name, the Brazilian Butt Lift. It's widely popular and much sought after by people who crave a certain look. It's all over social media, in particular, photo sharing platforms like Snapchat and Instagram. At the start, you heard from 23-year-old Shami. She's considering having a BBL. Later, we'll follow her journey as she tries to find out more, because when it comes to this type of cosmetic surgery, there's one big problem. The Brazilian butt lift is one of the most deadly cosmetic operations in the world. I'm Anissa Subida, and this is the BBC Trending Podcast, where each week we take a deep dive into the world of social media and online culture. Joining me in the studio is BBC journalist Lola Massanya. Hi. Hey. Lola, you've spent months investigating the world of the BBL. So why don't you start us off with the basics? What exactly is a Brazilian butt lift? To put it simply, the Brazilian butt lift, or BBL, is a two-step procedure. Fat is taken from areas like the stomach, back and thighs and reinserted into the bum. So to make the rear, your behind, a bottom, whatever word we choose to use, bigger. Exactly. The aim is a female body shape that many people will be familiar with from their Instagram. Huge breasts, a tiny waist and a big behind. It's the shape of celebrities like Kim Kardashian or rapper Nicki Minaj. And of course, we should probably point out that what you see on social media is... Often different from the reality. Exactly. Very few of the images we see online of women who have this particular body shape are authentic. And that's because in addition to cosmetic surgery, there are so many filters, apps and Photoshop tricks and those features that enhance and augment the way someone looks. Yeah, so on some stories features on certain platforms, you'll see filters. I love those filters. It's the one where you can put a dog nose or rabbit ears or make yourself look like a teddy bear. I don't really think that's the reason that people are running out to get cosmetic surgery. I'm kind of talking more about the filters that offer a little smoothing, a little flattening, maybe some brightening. And we've all fallen into that trap at points. I like the teddy bear trap. (laughs) Well, to be fair, I'm a big fan of the dog. Um, And as you mentioned before that, the BBL is one of the most dangerous cosmetic procedures in the world. That's according to the British Association of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons. There are many doctors who have grave concerns about this type of cosmetic surgery. One of them is Dr Dirk Kramer. He's a plastic surgeon in London who has performed BBLs but now no longer offers this procedure. He explains the risks involved. A lot of patients think it's a quick procedure, it's harmless, but we shouldn't forget that one in 3,000 procedures ends deadly. So this is basically the highest death complication risk in any cosmetic surgery by far. Wow. And that's one in 3,000 end in death. 
Yeah. And to give some context, in the United States in 2017, there were more than 20,000 BBL surgeries. Dr. Kramer told me that one of the reasons why he stopped performing the BBL is the risk of injuring blood vessels while injecting the body. This can cause a fat embolism. That means an obstruction of an artery. He says a fat embolism could hit the heart or the lung and you could die within seconds or suffer a heart attack. People who undergo the BBL surgery have to sign documents prior to the procedure proving they understand the potential risk of death. Dr. Kramer thinks it's too dangerous. He doesn't perform BBLs anymore. You know, it's fashionable right now to have bigger buttocks. It's fashionable. In a few years, it might not be fashionable anymore. And to risk your life for that, I don't understand it. I can explain it and I can support it. So given the risks, why do people want this potentially deadly procedure? That's the question I set out to answer. I've always been interested in body image and what motivates us to want certain figures. So as much as this film is about Shami, many of her experiences reminded me of my own. As a black British person of African and Caribbean descent, my mum is Jamaican and my dad is Nigerian, growing up, a lot of emphasis was put on the curves black women were supposed to have. I have quite a naturally tall and athletic build, so it never really occurred to me that I was meant to be any other way. My dad is six foot four and quite lean. My mum is five foot 11 and really slim. But little things like my grandma saying, you're so slim because you don't eat this or that, or if you want your bum to grow, eat yam, made me question my natural build. What made it even worse is that I have sisters that are curvy and they would joke and say they had enough curves to give me some. I know exactly what you mean. I'm from Indian and African heritage and I remember a female cousin when I was around nine years old telling me that my body shape was wrong and I wouldn't be able to have children because my hips were too small and I had no boobs. Turned out she was wrong because I went on to have five children. But the point is that notion of what a perfect body might be is ingrained in our culture. Exactly. And we're not alone. We heard from Shami at the start and it was interesting to hear her speak to her friend Olivia. They spoke about their own childhood experiences in relation to body image. It's very similar to what you and I were just saying. And honestly, it felt like holding a mirror up to my own experiences. I'm from like Zim and right, stuff. Right, right. People are very voluptuous. Well, not even people, the women <laughs> yeah, are the very women, like, yeah, you know, are, like, bro, really... they're serious. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, I mean... You're from Southern Africa. Like, why would you want to be touching up your body? And even just, like, family and friends, you know, just um, the taboo around, just stick with what God gave you. It's kind of like... It's like Catch-22, really. Yeah. I was very, very slim. Mm. And my grandma would say, you need to eat, yeah. you know? But, not, but then, you know, if I started to get too out of it, she'd be like, don't mm, so, so slow so your roll. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you want to find a husband. That was Shami and Olivia sharing their experiences. So you can probably guess that what you get told by aunts, grandmas and cousins stays with you. Shani Jamila, also known as SJ, is a model who has 20,000 followers on Instagram. She's also had a few cosmetic procedures, including the BBL. In this clip, she's talking to Shami, the 23-year-old who's considering a BBL. She echoes how the women in her family might have contributed to the reasons why she started altering her body. So I'm from the West Indies. Yeah. And as a lot of people know, like West Indians yeah. were curvaceous people. Yeah. So like my mom and my aunties are all like these yeah. voluptuous yeah, yeah, yeah. women. <laughs> I'm looking at these curves like, oh wow. my God, like you guys are heavenly. Yeah. But it came to that 
18 mm-hmm. and I realized and I was like babe your hips are not coming in mm-hmm. any time soon yeah. like the your hips are going to come in after you have a baby are you even going to be able to enjoy it like what's going to happen yeah. and then I was like no I want to I want to do this Shani Jamila went on to have the BBL surgery this is a similar story I've heard not only from Instagram influencers but from my friends of similar backgrounds Lola, it sounds like it gets more complicated here that the high demand for a BBL isn't just purely social media driven by people like the Kardashians. It seems like there's something much more deep rooted in some cultures going on here. I spoke to Jade Bentel. She's a historian at Oxford University. She says the way black women are thought about now, particularly in Western countries, starts with a South African woman called Sarah Bartman in the early 1800s. She was known as the Hottentot Venus. You could even say Sarah, who was also known as Saki, was a viral sensation of her time. Sarah Bartman was a black um, Kokoi South African woman who was brought to Europe to be part of a so-called freak show. So uh, Saki's body, um, you know, was very much known for being uh, quote unquote curvaceous. She had what Europeans saw as a very large bottom. They were very much narrowed in on her genitals. So she was enslaved both in England and France and was kind of, you know, taken around Europe and shown to white audiences as part of this freak show. In those freak shows, Sarah Bartman was paraded around. Crowds paid to look at her large buttocks. You know, white people would come and prod at her and would be kind of watching her as part of an exhibition, basically. So she was sold from place to place. And there was very much this heavy fetishization around her body type, this kind of curiosity of this black woman who was positioned as an other. Today, she's seen by many as a prime example of racism and colonial exploitation. Jade believes the commodification of black women's bodies is a narrative that stretches back centuries. But she also links that history to what we're seeing online today. I think what we're seeing with this kind of growing, you know, Brazilian butt lift trend and the kind of Instagram generation, so to speak, is a reproduction of black women's bodies being held up for consumption, but also very much tied into this is capitalism, of course. You know, beauty is capital. It pays to be aligned to what the ideal is. Jade mentioned Instagram, but it would be unfair to pin it exclusively on that platform because we know that beauty sells across social media. And the numbers back up a growing obsession with looking good online. According to new research by the American Academy of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgeons, 55% of facial plastic surgeons in 2017 saw patients who wanted surgery to help them look better in selfies. That's compared to just 13% in 2013. What I really wanted to find was someone who was aware of how widespread the BBL was online, who was tempted to have a Brazilian butt lift and who was learning about the risks involved. We've touched on where the obsession with the bottom might come from. Some of it, as we've heard, is deep rooted in history and some cultures. But what isn't clear is why it's so popular and why people are requesting one of the most dangerous cosmetic procedures in the world to achieve that big bottomed look. Coming up, we'll hear from 23-year-old Shami who's thinking of having a BBL. So will she or won't she? 
We choose to go to the moon. It was one of the defining moments of the 20th century. But it almost didn't happen. It's just crazy to try to do something as dangerous as that around the moon. I'm Kevin Fong, and in a brand new podcast from the BBC World Service, I'll be bringing you the definitive story of the Apollo moon landings. This task had never been done, but they weren't afraid of it. Told by the people who were there. There were no rules. There was no field for what we did. Search for 13 Minutes to the Moon wherever you found this podcast to hear our audio countdown and be ready for the first episode. If you miss fire... You may miss the Earth. 13 minutes to the moon, launching on May the 13th. We copy it down, Eagle. This week, we're looking at the rise of the Brazilian butt lift, or BBL as it's more commonly known. It's all over social media. You might have even noticed this familiar body type as it appears on your feeds, especially on photo sharing platforms like Snapchat and Instagram. It's that tiny waist, big boobs, big bottom that people like the Kardashians have made popular. Lola Massania is with me. Lola, tell me exactly how popular this Brazilian butt lift is becoming. In the US, as mentioned before, there are more than 20,000 BBL surgeries a year. But to answer your question, the number of procedures has more than doubled in the last five years. It's a bit more tricky to get figures on BBL procedures on a more global level because so many of the surgeries are performed by people who aren't actually qualified. Accurate figures are not always available. But one of the things I found when I made the film about the effect of the Brazilian butt lift on British women is that it isn't an exclusively Western thing. It's popular in America and Belgium, but also countries like Turkey and Colombia. But is that because Westerners travel to those countries for cheaper plastic surgery or are women who live there getting the procedures done too? It will be a mix. In the US, the risks around the BBL have led surgeons to create a task force to monitor the procedure and conduct studies to set safety guidelines. It's a bit of a mouthful. They're called the Multi-Society Gluteal Fat Grafting Task Force. It will be their job to develop very specific safety guidelines around BBL surgeries going forward. And now, as promised, someone who's thinking about getting one done, meet Shami. My family back home will probably be thinking, why would you put yourself under the knife, are you crazy, you could lose your life. But usually in African culture, it's always like, no, the bigger, the better, or the curvier, the better. Shami is 23 and lives in London, but her parents are from Zimbabwe. She says she's always struggled with her own body image. I've been struggling with my weight loss since about college. I sort of tried to set a goal. So if it's not for like a birthday, it's a holiday. I went to Barbados and I actually managed to like drop a bit of weight. But then you come back and you're like, okay, there's nothing to really look forward to. These issues on body image have led Shami to consider cosmetic surgery in the form of, you guessed it, a Brazilian butt lift. So you sort of just lose yourself a bit. Now, I'm just thinking, let me just consider a BBL and uh, maybe things wouldn't be so tough. I'm intrigued to find out the different types of surgeons, other women's experiences in terms of actually getting to that point where they're considering a BBL and just the emotional process behind it. Shami says she's been influenced quite heavily by what she sees online, by the accounts she follows and what they represent. Celebrities like Cardi B, Kim Kardashian and models like Bria Miles dominate the Instagram Explore page. And of course, there is the rise of fitness influencers. Those posts showing the before and after gym transformations. Exactly. And the workouts you can use to build your own flat stomach, tiny waist and big bum. That body ideal we were talking about earlier. 
This affects women from all backgrounds. So Lola, you followed Shami. What did she find out before she made her decision? It was quite a journey. I followed her and together we met the influencers she admires online, some of whom advocate the BBL. I accompanied her when she spoke to her close friends and when she spoke to doctors to find out more about the medical implications. So there's definitely a trend that I've noticed of young women going overseas, specifically Turkey. Um, And that's not to say that Turkey doesn't have good doctors and surgeons because obviously they do. But again, even with that in mind, just that trend really concerns me. And obviously they're lowering young women with discount prices. So even on Instagram, I've seen, you know, a clinic in Turkey offering BBLs for like £5,000. But even despite that, a lot of young girls aren't doing their research and realising that actually at some of these clinics, they've actually had deaths of women that have had BBLs. So yeah, I think we're in very dangerous times right now. This is Dr. Awoma Ukulege. She's a cosmetic doctor based in London. She says that she had considered offering an alternative to BBL surgery in the form of a less invasive injection in the rear that would stimulate collagen in the area. She recognises that it would be good for her business, but despite all the money she could potentially make, she's more concerned with the message that it sends out to her mainly black clientele in the UK. I don't know, I guess there's no point in saying that we've never wanted to enhance ourselves because through ages we always have. It very much, again, confirms to me this idea of objectifying the black female body um, or the female body full stop even. Black women are almost becoming like a modern-day caricature of themselves and I feel like to some degree, again, for a segment of black women, not all, I find that possibly Kim Kardashian's maybe given us a hall pass to actually embrace our curves and love our curves. Dr Yukilege says she's not going to perform what some people might describe as a safer BBL, but many doctors still will. And you mentioned in your film, in some cases, doctors even offer free cosmetic procedures in return for a social media post. This was really interesting to me. One of the social media influencers I spoke to, Shani Jamila, travelled to Turkey to have her procedure done there and it was all paid for in exchange for an Instagram post. That monetization of cosmetic surgery can be argued as one of the reasons that drives the demand for a BBL. Social media stars and influencers want to look a certain way and have cosmetic surgery to boost their likes and their followers and build a brand to make money. As a result, requests for cosmetic enhancements are more popular than ever, so the doctors are making money too. But the average people, those in the middle of the two groups, the influencer and the cosmetic doctors, are the ones that get seduced by what they see on social media and what they think they need. And of course, they are the ones who pay for the surgery. So there's a huge industry on social media where some people are literally dying in their quest for a certain body ideal. What I wonder, though, is, is this just a passing fad or a trend? I mean, what's fashionable now may not be in a few years from now. Jade Bentil, the Oxford historian we heard from earlier, says social media is definitely governing the way we view and how we literally shape our bodies right now. 
I do think social media really does have a lot to say within this conversation now in terms of body types. As social media grows, you know, the sort of body type that is desired might change in certain ways. It might get even more specific, even more narrower. But I do think as long as people are able to make a living out of, you know, being beautiful, out of aligning with these very, very specific ideals, I don't think we're going to see an end anytime soon. So back to Shami. What did she decide? She thought about it for a long time. She went one way and then the other, and it was good to see how speaking to medical professionals made her realise what was behind what she saw online, what the surgery really involved. And so she met with Dr. Dirk Kramer, who we heard from earlier. He explained to Shami what was really involved in having a BBL. OK, where do you think you want the fat? Aha, interesting. When you stepped out of the bathroom in front of the mirror, I was really surprised you're here for BBL because, let me tell you, your buttocks look great. It's really full, it looks completely proportionate. And actually, actually, you are a girl Mm -hmm. who makes probably a lot of other girls jealous because they come to have the BBL to have exactly what you have. Your problem is more on the side. Yeah. Of the buttocks, there's like a dent. I've seen that, uh-huh. so you're right. There's something missing, and uh-huh. you want to have this filled. But could you just explain further why? And after weighing up all the evidence, Shami came to this conclusion. Dr. Kramer definitely clarified a lot of things for me, and um, surprisingly, now I'm actually not considering BBL anymore, just for the mere fact that he told me, you know, all the risks, and honestly, he changed my perspective he just told me that some of the things that I might see as a big issue you know if I was to actually get work done for it I'm actually putting my life at risk I missed that on the internet that was definitely not on the internet I'd been on this incredible journey with Shami And there's only so much you can put into a 20-minute film. But I mean, I really know how much she toiled with the idea of getting the BBL. So it was important for me to give it some time after filming to catch up with her. I'd seen a few things on social media, Shami posting about her body. Nothing that was any cause for concern, but it made me question her final decision and if she'd had any second thoughts. A month later, this is what she had to say. I've actually started being a bit more active and stuff. You know, the confidence is coming back. Um, and I'm really glad about that. So swimming again, healthy eating, going to the gym. So as for now, BBL's not really for me. Yeah, I'm really excited for the future. That's it this week from the BBC Trending Podcast. My thanks to Lola Masanya. Now, if you want to watch Lola's film, then search for My BBL Journey... Black Beauty and the Brazilian Butt Lift. Now, if you want to leave some feedback on this or any of our other previous episodes, then we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter or Facebook and you can email Trending's boss, Michael.Wendling, that's W-E-N-D-L-I-N-G, at bbc.co.uk. And let us know if we can read out your message on a future podcast. That's it from all of us here at Trending. I'm Anissa Subedar. Thanks for listening. Listener.